Fit for Life Radio, episode number 160. Gary and Will here. Paula. Heading fast into the new year. 2023. It feels like it's still 2020. Steaming ahead. So today we are going to talk about fitness trends for 2023. So a good little article on what the top three fitness trends to watch next year. Where is the industry going? And we're excited because stuff we've been preaching for almost a decade, you know. Gaining steam, baby. It's it's gaining steam. These fitness trend lists are getting better. I will say, we, to toot our horn, we've been kind of at the front, I feel, of a lot of things in the way that we do stuff. And it's interesting because initially, you know, when we went through COVID, it was scary, right? Because you're like, is this going to shift and change everything? Is everyone going to start working out at home? And really, all it did was shed light on, which we'll get into some of the stuff, probably what people were missing and what they can't get mm-hmm. at home. And yeah, so we'll, we'll dive in. So number one. Let's talk about it. Fitness trend to watch 2023. Muscle and mortality research will change the way we exercise. Now. now what does that mean? Probably won't change the way we, we exercise. But it might change the way a lot of other people exercise. And essentially, you know, as things advance, technology and and what we learn, you know, there's more importance in knowledge and to be learning about our muscles and their importance. And the fact, it's funny because in hindsight, it's like you didn't really, you don't really need science and research and technology to tell you this, but because our muscle moves our bones, right? Yeah. And if we, our muscles don't do that very well, we start to have problems. But more specifically, too, I know one thing that's becoming obvious or they're learning is, you know, we have different uh, fiber types, muscle fiber types. And there's like slow twitch fibers, which kind of get worked doing daily movement. Like yeah, like walking. Walking and moving around. And those kind of get maxed out with that. But then you have these high threshold muscle fibers that only really are stimulated kind of from significant things like resistance training. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the muscle fibers that we really lose as we age because we're not using them. Mm-hmm. And then that's what gives us power and, again, makes us Yeah, the ability to do difficult things. Stro- you know, yeah, more difficult things. And, yeah, that's when, yeah, then you get to an age where you can barely get up off the ground. Yeah. Uh, and that's a problem. Then that leads to other problems or you fall, you know, so. And then that, too, when you're not, you know, um, using those muscle fibers, you're also not helping your bones either. Like yep. Part of your bone density increasing when you strength train, because I know it's a big thing, mm-hmm. um, is the muscle actually like pulling on the bone because it attaches to the bone and that makes your bone or your body say, all right, well, we need to beef this up because it's getting the stimulus. So yep. you have to make this stronger. And if you're not getting that, then you have, you know, osteopenia, osteoporosis and, you know, these brittle bone diseases. Yep. And look, yeah, muscles and bones. It's boring stuff. Like you're, there's nothing you do, like doing your strength training. It's not like you get this instant gratification from helping your muscles and bones, right? Yeah, there's no like extreme feel-good rush after yeah. you made your bones a little bit stronger. So most people chase the, oh, yeah, let me go, you know, hop around for an hour and sweat. And, and get some endorphins and, and whatever it may be. But that isn't the stuff that helps us. With our muscles and bones, right? And then ultimately, 
this article says that hopefully we'll start treating our muscles like the organs of longevity that they truly are, mm-hmm. which is like what we just described. And you need to have a prior to prioritize resistance training of some kind. And here's the thing, like running around in a circuit, just using lightweight far from your maxes, you know, 50% or less uh, of your max and, and then getting gas and winded and, and getting weaker every time through, like that's not resistance training. Nah, that's, that's not helping you move forward. That's, with that. that's cardio. Yeah. Just cause you're using, doing strength exercises doesn't mean you're doing resistance training. No. You know, it needs to be challenging yourself. You're stopping, you're resting. It's it's the, you know, what a lot of people avoid and think, oh, well, I don't want to be a bodybuilder, so I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. so I'm not going to touch that stuff. Yeah. But the reality is like, no, it quite possibly could unlock our kind of fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just an aside, because this happens a lot, a lot of people don't do leg work because they mm-hmm. run. Yeah, but again, you're working <laughs> those slow, slow twitch. twitch muscle fibers, not the high threshold. Like you one. still need to do some resistance training on your legs mm-hmm. to build the fast twitch fibers yeah. up. So just I couldn't let it go. I'm sorry. And <clears throat> to double down on this trend that they're seeing here, my buddy, like when I say buddy, you know, normally you say buddy just because you've had like one conversation yeah. with someone. This An is interaction, <laughs> and you don't want to be like this guy I know. Yeah, one of my true best friends for yeah, life that one i grew of your up long with time friends he works uh forced Corey. we had him on here didn't we oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah way back i don't remember what back. episode it was but he, he was on here yeah he works for life fitness and so if you know life fitness it's like a exercise brand they outfit like a yeah. ton of globo gyms they do life fitness and hammer strength yeah those are the two biggies under their umbrella and yeah they do like strength equipment and cardio equipment and basically yeah you s- you'll see it at any gym just go to the gym and look at the label and they're, they're known as, now there's other brands. They're kind of like the premier one. They focus a little more on higher quality. They, they are higher priced. There's obviously like entry level, more entry level stuff. But yeah, they're, you'll see them at most good gyms. And ultimately he was telling me how we were chatting and there's some company that has this like little laser system or something. And they basically can set it up to where all the machines in your gym. So it's kind of for like those big gyms to get an idea almost like they're an amusement park and they can see how many people ride in the rides. Cause they're, it, they're usually sectioned off too, to like the cardio equipment's over here and the mm-hmm. strength stuff's over here. And but th- this even breaks it down to each individual piece. Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah, I thought it was a section. No, 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 piece. no. It's every single unit, Dang. every single piece. Okay. All right. That's even cooler. And then, yeah, they come and set it up and then, yeah, your gym operates for whatever, I don't know, week or month or, and it gets data on how, you know, your attendance and usage of all these individual pieces. And then they say, Hey, this is how you should rework things to maximize what you what, what people, pe- want. what people want, what, what, what we're seeing. And then he, yeah, he, his part of his job is he, he looks through all these reports and goes through all this, you know, all these different gyms. And he said across the board, not even just like averages, like literally like every report is coming back from all these places and essentially all of them are almost recommended that they need a quarter to a half less cardio and then more benches racks and like cables stuff yeah so like resistance training meaning yeah majority of the traffic is people using resistance stuff and wanting resistance stuff and they need more of it and one takeaway he had too is that during covid 
what happened was a lot of people, yeah, you couldn't go to gyms, right? And you were, maybe you just went walking or went running outside or people, you know, would get cardio equipment at their house. Like a Peloton. Like a Peloton, a bike, a treadmill, treadmill, things like that. But then when things open back up or people go a year with, with just that as an option, what was it that people wanted, needed, or weren't able to do at home? And it was resistance training. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that effect of like, man, I really miss this and I need this. Yeah. So as a gym, it's like, well, we want to provide something that people need Mm -hmm. and people are seeing and learning like this article more and more the value of the strength and resistance training. And that's the hardest thing to provide. Like most people, unless you have a lot of space and a lot of money to invest up front at home, you're you're not going to have. Yeah. You're not going to have a full setup. The ability to, to have. Uh, a lot of options with that. So that's, that's where gyms really can be helpful. And it's cool to see because I've been in the industry so long with gyms and it was always about cardio. Like the Mm -hmm. gym I used to work at Gold's gym or it was Gold's gym. Then it's one life fitness. I mean, every year there's a facility improvement fee and then they would get new stuff or replace stuff. Dude, they had the cardio theater. Dude, always cardio stuff. Every year, it's literally cardio stuff, cardio mm-hmm. stuff. And I've been there from the early, so back 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And yeah, they would have the cardio theater, right? They even have, meaning there's a movie theater <laughs> in the gym with cardio equipment. To get in people it. to do it. <laughs> to, not to even to get people to do it, it's because that's what people wanted. And they were like, ooh, we can get people to join the gym because they'll think I get to come watch movies. Yeah. But, and yeah, every year it would be replacing cardio equipment, adding some kind of new finagle things. And you know what they actually realized? So with this, you know how there'll be all the kind of different kinds of ellipticals or different kind of cardio machines. Yeah. Those almost get no usage. Like when people do cardio, cardio, it's just like treadmill, treadmill bike, regular elliptical. Yeah. So th- these gyms are investing all this money in this like stuff people don't weird want. fancy stuff, and like no one even uses it. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, yeah, decades now, never once. And I remember, cause I'll still go there from time to time and they still have the same weights and they're all like ratted up, ripped apart, like actual plates, you know, weight plates mm-hmm. from 18 years ago. And then I noticed this year they got new, new weight plates. And then at the other location they got, they took out yeah, about a quarter of the cardio equipment. Mm-hmm. Put, and added new put cable turf stuff. down and tripled their cable stations. So like, which is great. <laughs> yeah, seeing that, and then across the board, that's the trend. That's where things are trending, right? And yeah, it's good to see. Now, hopefully, it's just not like a six-month trend, and yeah. people then get bored. But you know, I think people, as as a population, you think about it, like gyms and fitness as we know it, really only came about really the 90s i guess you know the 80s was a lot of like jazzercise and cardio yeah like dance type stuff and then you yeah, know I obviously underground very niche there was bodybuilding yeah but that was few and far between and then the 90s there still wasn't a ton of gyms no but right? it started getting a lot more popular but yeah basically in the 90s and then the 2000s you could say generationally then where because then in the 90s i still think it was people were like well yeah i want to be a bodybuilder or i want to be a and you would go do this but that's still like small really in the 2000s where people are like that's oh, when it blew up i need to go like to this gym thing even though i've never been athletic and never cared about this stuff but i should probably do it for my health right yeah so you started seeing people go and then kind of do 
based off of what they were recomm- recommendations mm-hmm. and stuff, right? So you think about it, 2000s, 2010s, and now 20, uh, 2020s. Yeah. And then the trends have changed too. Like it used to be like, you know, men lift weights and women do cardio, mm-hmm. you know, which um, yeah, there's been such a rise in women's strength training, which is yeah. the greatest thing ever because we all need it. Um, but it's just so good to see that like increasing as the years go on mm-hmm. and like everybody getting into it. And then what we've been preaching now, and yeah, cool, people are going to gyms. It's pretty normal. Almost everyone that's lucky enough to to have the opportunity like has been of a, a member of at some time like a gym, a fitness facility. Yeah. So like that's normal now. And now it's like, hey, you should lift weights. Yeah. For your health, for longevity, yeah. for your health. Not because you're trying to get sexified when you're 22 to attract a mate. But so like you don't fall <laughs> when you're 85. Yeah. Literally, it's like, oh, wait a second. There's a lot of reasons we should be doing this. And it's the opposite of what we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, you only do that to look good. Well, you know? no, like Cause this you, is essential to being healthy for your whole life. Yeah. Because you have a whole generation, really, like, and spe- specifically, like you said, of women. I'll say every, really, f- if you're currently 40 and up, yeah, you're kind of like, it, it, it can be seen as like, I don't want to. I don't want to be bulky. Yeah. You know, now you're, even maybe thir- the people in their 30s, but you specifically see now, th- which is one of the good things, I guess, about all this new information, but like women in their 20s now and teens they're starting early. They're starting with working out right away. Yeah. They're excited. They're like, I'm perp- I'm doing this. And there's no trepidation. Like, yeah. it's just a whole different mindset. So then they're going to, hopefully a lot of them stick with it. And you're, then you're going to see 30, 40, 50 years from now, the difference of what it can, what it can yeah, do. Yeah, the quality when you are older is yeah. going to be a lot different. And yeah, hopefully it sticks, right? So, and it will because it, it works. Yeah, it's it, true. There's no like, bones about it that it works. <laughs> so that is trend number one and what we think. Muscle immortality research will change the way we exercise, which essentially means we'll start treating our muscles like the organs of longevity that they truly are, meaning we give them the attention and prioritize them, a.k.a. challenge them, a.k.a. resistance training, strength training. Everyone should be doing it. Boom. Especially... You should not stop as you age. You should not stop because you have a mate and you don't care about your muscles and how they look. Yeah. Like but do it so you're <laughs> able to do things for the rest of your life. Exactly. Maintain your form, function. Yeah. And mental confidence, right? Of like doing physical things. Then number two. It's a good one. Of the top three fitness trends to watch in 2023. Inactivity will become a vital health metric and essentially what they're proposing is we will care less about hitting 10,000 steps than we do about minimizing time sitting still right so you have to get over magic numbers and realize the whole point is we're, you're we're trying to encourage and prioritize regular movement yep just that movement in, through your yeah. day and that's, that's really it. what step goals are do yeah hopefully they encourage you to get up more you know and move and that regular movement again we just hyped up resistance training but ultimately two three days a week of 30 minutes to an hour of strength training is still you which has immense benefits you can still be sedentary (laughs) while doing that. it's still only a couple hours of the week yeah so what is your movement like and the reality is what's the really only true you know people say like functional training and like you know 
functional exercises. The most functional thing is just walking yeah. around. <laughs> the most functional <laughs> exercise is walking. Yeah. So you should do it. And as often as you can. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to go for a five-mile walk. It could just be, yeah. you know, walking a little bit every hour or just making sure you build in some movement through your day. Or And we see know. this. People, again, all or nothing mindset. Oh, I can't hit 10,000 steps. I feel like a bum. I quit. And you end up doing nothing. Then you just sit on the couch all day. You hit 1,000 steps. And the reality is like, who cares? Well, 5,000 would have been better than 1,000. Yeah. Oh, you didn't hit 10,000? Oh, well. That's fine. It, the, You're y- still moving. Yeah. You were trying. You had purposeful movement. You ended up with more. That's the goal. Yeah. That's it, you know? And and I I do think that, you know, the 10,000 steps thing, like, was a move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very positive, I think. But just, it was such a specific thing, and that mm-hmm. made people feel like, oh, I got to go for this long walk. And, and, and if all your this. lifestyle is very sedentary, mm-hmm. 10,000 might be a lot. Steps is a, a massive time commitment because mm-hmm. that's about three miles yeah it's like three four miles so it's about 45 minutes of purposeful yeah walking and if you don't have a like if your job is sit at a desk all day there's just not there's not that much time to move you know and it is hard so ten thousand might just be a lofty goal to you know and it might just shut you down you're like oh i can't Mm -hmm. hit ten thousand i'm just gonna sit here all day yeah i think like five six thousand is a good threshold i think so too it's a 20 minute walk yep and that's just, you know, it sounds funny, but do look, do this for yourself. If you say, tell yourself you're going to go walk for 45 minutes and you'll see how often you talk yourself out of it. Tell yourself, I'm going to go walk for five minutes and then you'll see how often you go do a walk for five minutes, but then it turns into maybe 45 minutes yep. or at least 20, 30, right? So I think it's just a lower barrier to enter. Little bites. And then you'll notice you just end up getting more and yeah, have a more realistic, like we always talk about baseline. Yeah. You know, so some people get that easily and they're like, well, I get five, six thousand with my normal job. Cool. That's an advantage now. Okay. Aim for 10, right? Again, that 20 to 30 minute walk a day, it's going to be about what, what did we just say? Five, uh, 40 minutes was about 5,000 steps. Yeah. So about, or 10,000 steps. Yeah. So five, 5,000. Yeah. So try, fine. you know, a, a pro- Extra purposeful 5,000 steps on top of your normal movement can be very helpful. Yeah. And also, I think what they're saying too is, which might even be more valuable, maybe not your total steps. Like some people will argue that, and again, do what you can. So that's why I hate kind of getting into these nuances. But if you had like a 30-minute walk and then you sat for the entire rest of the day, and that would be, move. That w- and your total steps were that 5,000, that would almost be... It would be better to have 3,000 steps. Of just constant little movement. But you got up more often yeah. versus just being like down. So again, yeah, do, you know. Do what you can. Do what you can. To move. And the overarching number two idea, I think, of this trend is that we v- just value the metric of inactivity. Yeah. Like we want to ward off inactivity more so then we have to hit 10,000 steps. Yeah. I okay. th- there's a couple uh, cool cool metrics in here. Um, this is a big study. It was 400,000 people. And this was actually this year that they did this. So this is very current. As little as 10 minutes of brisk walking per day was associated with longer 
telomeres, which are really just a, a, mm-hmm. a sign of your biological age. Um, so basically, it was enough of an impact that their biological age appeared 16 years younger, as opposed to people that didn't do a brisk 10-minute mm-hmm. walk regularly, um, which is a very big difference. And you think like, oh, it's just a brisk 10-minute walk. Like, that's an after-lunch walk, yeah. you know? And even that little bit of movement does make a big difference. So don't yep. feel like you got to go for these five-plus-mile walks or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, too, some of the notes that we didn't get into, they, ex- you know, expanding on the first one, that 2023 would be the year of strength training for longevity. Uh, there was one that I think most people will be interested by. Uh, one of the reviews, study reviews they did came out with ultimately muscle strengthening activities can reduce one's mortality risk by 10 to 17%, which is massive. Um, and yeah, that's huge. Holly Baxter, an accredited dietitian and competitive bodybuilder, she was quoted as saying having a regular resistance training routine really helps reduce your risk and range of chronic diseases, which we've seen and is backed up <coughs> more specifically. Having low muscle mass has been associated with an increased risk of cognitive decline, insulin resistance, high inflammatory markers, more susceptible to bone fractures, which we talked mm-hmm. about. Uh, so again, obviously, well, that would mean avoiding low muscle mass yeah. would be helpful. And, and we know like all three of those things, like, well, high inflammatory markers. I mean, that's a kind of a, a risk factor for a lot of different things like mm-hmm. heart disease and cancer and, and things like that. Um, insulin resistance, you know, metabolic diseases. So, you know, having some muscle mass gives you a very good chance with that stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are very important because those are the things I listed. Those are the biggest cause of mortality anyways. Yep. Heart disease, cancer. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what the next one would be. Those are the two two top ones. Um, and so I guess metabolic diseases would be. Yeah. And it's interesting. In so I guess they're trying to figure ways to track muscle mass, right? Because it is this, okay, man, it, it it's this marker, right? Mm-hmm. But it's we're new to this so yeah so what should we u- measure yeah because it's not oh let's stand everyone on a bikini and stand on stage you know yeah. it's not a body doctors aren't going to judge people like bodybuilders but so how can we judge it so it's pretty interesting some of the things they're talking about one is obviously like dexa scans um yep can give you a proxy of how much muscle mass you have but they're, they're not foolproof because the lean body mass and muscle mass are not the same things. You know, uh, like other, it tells you your lean body mass, a DEXA scan, but that's factoring in muscle, that's your bones. bone, basically everything that's not fat. Connective tissue, yeah, all that stuff. And uh, another very common one, which a lot of people have used, is grip strength. Yeah. Can give a sense of muscle mass, or they've been able to connect like a grip strength to longevity that that's an old school one but that's good yeah but they say the negatives to that are cognitive impairment Mm -hmm. can can affect that oh yeah well yeah if your nervous system's not firing one thing they're says they're experimenting with which is pretty interesting this is dope is a way to measure uh measure measure muscle mass that packages a special type of creatine an amino acid that's stored in muscle into a small capsule that you swallow the creatine then gets distributed into your muscles where it is converted to creatinine. How do you say that? Do you know? 
cre it's either creatinine or creatinine. Yeah, I think it's creatinine. I don't know. I think I've always said creatinine, but creatinine. One of us is right. <coughs> which I don't know is, who it is which is lost in urine. Then you take a urine sample a few days after taking the pill and you'll have a more accurate picture of your muscle mass. So basically like they, they measure the how much creatinine comes out mm -hmm. basically will give you a picture of yeah. how much muscle mass there it, really is. Yeah. Because what That's really cool. wasn't absorbed into your muscles, mm -hmm. you know, gets sh shuttled away. And so that's, that's cool, right? Because you think of now and how, I mean, we don't bat an eye at, well, we do a blood test to figure out our blood cholesterol mm -hmm. and we do, you know, so you can see where they're trying to find a way to where you would probably go to the doctor and be like, oh, let's check your muscle mass this time. And, and that would be so cool. And though. then they'd be like, hey, your muscle mass is low over the next year. So instead of just lose weight. It could be, hey, we really need you to strength train, strength build some God, muscle. That's so sick. Like, mm. and, and creatine, it, it's something everybody can do. For yeah. the most part, like, there's probably a very, very small percentage of people that couldn't do this because, like, it's in it's in beef. You know, it's in a lot of different foods. Um, our body makes it, so it's not like some weird foreign thing that we created. Yeah. So I think that could be a yep. really cool thing to do. I want to have it done now. I know. And then they go into this basically means for people there's a necessary rise in resistance training yeah and think about it we preach this not because we care about like we're like being right <laughs> yeah being right or it's like no this is where the stuff goes so we do it ourselves we believe it in ourselves and then Absolutely. notice that there's very low access to strength training that's part of the problem most mm -hmm. people unless you like played high school sports and got taught then or felt comfortable in a gym you're not gonna be 40 50 60 years old and, and show up at a globo gym and just start resistance and just know training. what to do yeah and feeling comfortable and confident and doing it like there's a barrier to entry in it, this stuff yeah and that's why we preach at our gym that's what that's what we do we try to hopefully have an environment with a coach you're comfortable and you can actually do this stuff consistently and we still get pushback because strength training involves more rest and it's a different kind of focus than just cardio than just going and going yeah. and going and going and a lot of people come and they're like i thought it was going to be more tiring right and it's like well we're this is a strength training class and p so people have to slowly come to grips with it. It's, it's got to be a mindset shift. Yeah. Has to be. But that's what we're passionate about is creating this l lower barrier to entry to where people can actually get this done consistently because it's where everything's pointing is what's the most important way to maximize your time when it comes to exercise. Yeah. And people can keep ignoring it for as long as they want, but we're going to be over here thriving. Yep. And yeah, they talk about how the evidence shift, which we talked about knowing some people in the industry with just the equipment and gyms and how they're changing things. Mm -hmm. uh, the interest uh, they talk about among women is slowly growing. And the myth, an important thing is for the, the myth to fall that strength training is only for bulking or bodybuilding. Yeah. Like that has to, has to crumble. Oof. It's got me excited. Crumble it. Like when you see... And we always say this in our own conversations. I know. You know, we'll be talking and we'll see things that we're talking about and we'll struggle, you know, as a business with the pushback. Yeah. But we're like, man, these things are coming to yeah. our to our hearts and to our souls. We always know it. And how we want to sleep at night. And, and we've done like, a good job at, you know, holding strong to that and not changing just because, you know, tr there's different trends going on. Yep. So, yeah, I feel, I feel good about the... Our, our values and what we push for. Yeah. And like, again, what we said earlier uh, in the article, Holly Baxter states how, 
Yeah, strength training can only be a good thing for our short and long-term health. If you're looking for the best type of activity to help improve your metabolism, improve your longevity, and improve your bone mineral density, resistance training. That's it, Daddy. Boom. So, get after it. All right. So, boom, resistance training, which obviously we, we, we love. We, we double down on movement. Not just, oh, I got to hit steps. General movement. Just just alter your day. Get up and do something. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, take the stairs. Things like that. That do add up a lot. Number three, trend. This is a fun one. Hot and cold therapy will Ooh. be more accessible. Yeah, buddy. So, we're talking things like saunas, um, cold plunges to be the two. We'll call them extremes. Mm-hmm. But they have things like sauna blankets. You know, things that you can do at home. These home saunas that are a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, well, the yeah. cold plunges are still kind of expensive, but I'm sure yeah. they'll... You can do a cold shower. Yeah, cold shower. You can fill your own bathtub up with ice. Um, so, yeah, let's see how... And you, so you can also see this in that there's more of these, like, what do you call them? I guess, like, studios or businesses, essentially, that yeah. offer, like, the saunas mm-hmm. and cold plunges. Yeah. As part of the business, I know a couple of gym owners, buddies that have it in their gyms now to, yeah, offer up those services, right? Yeah. Uh, because, and there's still debate. The science is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Back, like, you can find things both ways. Like, is it helpful? Is it not? Um, what it seems to be, I think people have their mindset on, you should do this to help you recover faster. And that doesn't actually seem to be what the hot and cold really do like they don't really Mm -hmm. help a ton with recovery there's research that doing it after strength training actually doesn't help your Mm -hmm. muscle you know like it actually hurts your 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 muscle growth um the cold stuff um but it can be good for managing stress because they are stressors the hot and the cold are both so you know you're when you have those little tiny you know bits of controlled stress like working out like mm-hmm. you're bringing some yeah. stress or some whatever mechanical tension to your body and your body adapts to it. Yeah. You know, it gets better. This is the same thing. You bring a little bit of hot or cold and your body will adjust for it. Yeah. It's basically a healthy stress response. Yeah. That, so that's that's what you're training with this. And then, you know, there's evidence that, you know, the, the cold is great for, you know, things like anxiety and, and you know, controlling yeah. your nervous system. Um, and then the heat, there's a, a heat shock protein in your body that is very beneficial to your brain health and your body health and just the health of your cells overall. Yeah. The hope, the hope with them is that by having these very small healthy doses of stress, your body, it helps your body repair cellular damage. Yeah. Eliminate toxins, reduce inflammation, boost immunity and increase longevity. Yeah. Yeah. And what it really comes down to is, and you're going to have like your super science people. They're like, no, it doesn't. Or the benefits aren't enough to hype it up. But there's also, but you know what? It probably doesn't hurt. No. And if someone enjoys it and is taking time out to do it, it's a form of self It's self care. It's prioritizing yourself. Yeah. So there's, I think there's definitely benefits in that. And, you know, and then also on an anecdotal, you know, just kind of like woo-woo way, you could look at it and be like, you know, we are creatures, our environments, and we see this with, you know, exercise and nutrition, we naturally gravitate to comfort, like we've talked about, right? Comfort, foods that are tastier, more comforting, uh, 
not doing anything. Yeah, it's more sitting comfortable sitting on the couch. So it makes also temperature controlled rooms. Yeah. Cause so think like there, we haven't had temperature control for that long in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And we used to be exposed to more extreme temperatures, the hot, the cold, and our and, bodies adapted to and it. And the reality is we now know, well, not exercising is bad. Yep. Eating like crap is bad. Yeah. So it could be never exposing yourself to m- more extreme temperatures, hot and cold, it could possibly be bad. Yeah. So I think there is some merit to it. And on a personal level, feel great doing both. You know, like the heat, I love sitting in the sauna. Um, cold plunges. And again, this is an N equals one anecdotal level, like helps with my anxiety, like a ton. So, um, yeah, like I think there are benefits. Is it in my head? I don't know. If it is, it still helps. So I don't really care. But, um, you know, really no negative side effects from it, in my opinion. Yeah. And well, and obviously this is extreme, but this is what happens. People do fall down these rabbit holes and go way too hard. Like more, more, more. And this is where what people would argue. There's people who have literally died. Like one I know recently was a mother. She was like a mother of three and mm-hmm. she pushed the cold therapy. I remember that. Too hard and freaking died from the exposure. Yeah. Of too cold, too long. Yep. And it's something like any of these so, things. <laughs> and that comes down to like, what do we always talk about? Moderation, man. Yeah. Like, come on now. Just like, th- and anytime you're trying something new. So if anybody's going to hear this and try like the sauna or something cold, just dip your toe in. Yeah. You're not just. Go sit in a sauna for five minutes. Yeah. Don't be extreme. Don't be like, well, if a little cold exposure is good, I'm going to PR. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's not the way it works, right? Think about a, a more is better. Like more is worse, right? If you're stuck in the cold and there's no, no heat, no nothing at a certain point, like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Right. So more is not better. These, the right it, dose is better yeah. and starting very low. And then slowly increasing is the, the way to do it. If you're trying to see where you're at, if you just jump into, say you've never done cold exposure and you jump into water, that's 30 degrees. You're going to have a very bad time. That shock could make you pass out. And then you drown in this cold tub because you were not prepared for the activity. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas you could just turn your shower a little bit cold, see how that feels, see how you react, and then just do a little more as time goes on. So, yeah, yeah getting into the more is better mentality with these things that are potentially dangerous, even the heat. Like you get heat stroke from being in a sauna for too long, which is very dangerous. Yeah. So... Just be careful with the extremes on this type of stuff, right? Yep. It's all about a small stressor, yeah. just a small one. So Yeah, same thing. I mean, and you can develop the same kind of issues and mental patterns as, say, like someone who becomes anorexic. And mm-hmm. they literally start to uh, get dopamine hits because they attach benefits to some of the negative things of pushing not eating to the extreme, right? Yeah. Same thing. People can be like, yeah, with the cold exposure and I got to get more. And then they start getting these... Uh, dopamine reward circuits for pushing that stuff and then you freeze yeah, it for, for staying in there longer again for benefits that are like may be there right yeah and and uh, definitely again moderation so and that's why you know maybe some of the like the businesses in controlled environments are better you know if you go to a cry- cryo place you have a professional setting it up like there's a technician handling everything telling you how much time to do same thing with sauna, right? It's going to turn on. It's going to shut off at mm-hmm. some of the, at these places versus uh, leaving yourself to your own own devices. Uh, so yeah, there there you go. The three 
top fitness trends for 2023. And you see they're getting better. The trends are getting better because we have are. we are able to, you know, mass we got a lot of data. D- data and information and, and, and get more exposure and then kind of hopefully seek out the, the truth. And yeah, we, we we've actually feel feel pretty good about these. We're headed in a better direction versus people just thinking like I just need instead of doing hopscotch i need to you know like a lot of times the fitness trends are like new little fatty things right like i now do wear a different suit and hop around in a on a stripper pole or but now this year i do it on a trampoline and then next year i do it hanging from a sheet yeah you're you're literally like jumping around the one thing you should be doing which is strength training (laughs) yeah but now here we are strength training movement and there's and there's a myriad of ways that you can do resistance training you know there's plenty of stuff to to fit the person so you know um you don't got a power lift you know there's not one single modality there are many ways to skin this cat you have to eliminate out of your mind when you hear strength training resistance training thoughts of bodybuilders and power lifters and you are not going to end up looking like the hulk unless that is your goal and you train for I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years to get that way. And honestly, it still wouldn't th- matter because as more and more people are getting exposed, most of the people who do look like that are on illegal. Yeah, they're on PEDs. <laughs> yeah, performance-enhancing drugs, anabolic steroids. So unless you're accidentally taking steroids and <laughs> lifting weights a the, ton. Those vitamins you give grandma. Yeah. <laughs> so let it let us know. Yeah. What, what trends have, have you seen? What are you excited about? Uh, what are you hopeful for? What do you like? Do you hope anything changes? <clears throat> Let us know. I'm curious. This is just two guys that have been in the industry for a while, so we get in our little bubble sometimes. But we're usually pretty right about where things are going too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, holla! Thanks for listening. All right, we'll catch you next time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.